Hi, my name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. And I realized I didn't maximize my slideshow screen. My bad. Welcome to Avatar The Last Podcaster. Today we're doing a special one-off episode as sort of a thank you to two of our listeners. Back in November, I had a fundraiser that I would say was wildly successful. It was really cool. And two of our Very listeners... Successful. You should be proud of yourself. I, I am. That was a tremendous birthday. I'm and, proud of you. Uh, oh, thanks, man. I appreciate it. It was uh, honestly one of the most memorable birthdays I've ever had. It was really cool. Uh, but what's really cooler, cooler is that two of our listeners that we interact with, I would say semi-regularly, actually donated money. So two humans. I have no idea who they are other than that I talk to them occasionally on Instagram and <laughs> Facebook, and they seem to be interested in our podcast. Uh, gave money for no reason whatsoever other than the goodness of their hearts. And we really appreciated that. So as a small thank you, we we decided to take two topics that they submitted and use those topics for today's discussion. Um, I always feel like un, uh, unoriginal or un, uh, disingenuous saying this because we record back to back. And I assume that you haven't changed much in the past hour and a half. But Chris, how are you doing? <laughs> Um, I feel like I may be sleep deprived tonight. I'm not sure. <laughs> the last of five guys we had to cut. We didn't have to cut. We just had to take a pause. I had to take care of my son, uh, who likes to uh, cry about every three hours a night, even though he's like eight months old and he should have grown out of that a long time ago. You just <laughs> just dress him up like a little sky bison or something and sit him on your lap during the podcast so we don't get called out by YouTube for having kids on the podcast. Like, no, it's my sky bison. Don't worry about yeah. it. There's got to be a little sky bison onesie out there somewhere. I'm going to find it. I looked when my kids dressed oh. up as a, as a Aang and, and Korra. Uh, well, Wait a this... minute. No. No, that was last year. But I have looked before. But not to anyway, see if there's whatever. sky bison. Uh, you Catching know, my myself wife, in a lie. Uh... Like, we didn't have Halloween this year. You're pretty crafty. My wife is pretty crafty. We can make it happen. We can have a little sky bison or a little <laughs> naga or whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'm crafty in the worst ways. I'm crafty in the like. This is the material I have. I'm going to stitch together pieces of cloth with hot glue. No, that's wicked resourceful. It... <laughs> that's what that is. <laughs> I uh, well, for what it's worth, uh, you know, if obviously if your if your son is upset with what we're talking about on the podcast, and you've got to go talk it out with him. I don't think this episode will be as long as the last one. The last one, if you haven't listened to it, we did the finale of season one of Korra, which is a tremendous episode of the show. I don't know about the podcast. I'm not going to toot our own horn. I don't like to do that. But go listen to the episode of the podcast. I'm not going to re-listen to it. I'm... <laughs> I only re-listen to our... our... <laughs> I re-listened to a few minutes just to make sure that the audio, like, did you get the right video as in expected, and, I... <laughs> and right that I picked I don't even do that sometimes sometimes that escapes me uh com. hey actually podcast.com our host uh recently changed their their setup their appearance I guess we will way <clears throat> way better thanks podcast.com but oh, that's good. go listen to our last episode because the episode of Legend of Korra that we discuss is an awesome one so go check that out but today we're pretty much going to jump right into viewer topics, if that's all right with you, Chris. Uh, we'll go ahead and jump right into the first one. And the first one, a very lighthearted one, from Barry. Thanks again, Barry, for donating. I really appreciate it, buddy. Uh, he just wanted to hear our thoughts on the best Avatar quotes. And he didn't say that we couldn't use Iroh 
we just all speculated <laughs> that most of them would be mm. from Iroh. So we're supposed to try to diversify a little bit if we can. Hey, there's, there's one specific one from Iroh that I like to live my life by, honestly. It's, and I think it's something that everyone should live their life by. So I'll get my Iron one out of the way. Oh, I think I know um, which one it is. Is uh, it which the, one? Is it one? Is it the one where he's explaining a certain a uh, certain group of 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 what am I trying to say? He's he's explaining something to Zuko, and Zuko's like, "Why are you t- telling me this?" Is it that one? Uh, no. Oh, okay, because that would be mine. That's okay. That's a good one. Too. Uh, so he's this is in Legend of Korra. He's talking to Korra, and you know Korra has a. You probably don't remember. So it's probably been a while since watched. Anyway, absolutely. He says to Korra like. Sometimes the best way for you to help yourself is to help others. And uh, that's just a great quote that's very applicable to life. Like, honestly, this, this single quote, like, I remember one time I was, I wasn't, I wouldn't say, I don't know, lost. It was just I had a crossroads in my life. And then I don't know, going, helping, volunteering stuff, you know, those things help you in, in a way. It's great, great advice. If you ever feel lost in life, try to help others. I'm sure you'll find your way. That actually hits me way deeper than most stuff on this podcast hit me right now. Uh, <laughs> the, why got to make me feel all these feelings? Can you remind me, is the voice of Iroh and Korra, is it a different voice actor? Uh, so, um, dang it. Why can't I think of it? Uh, Mako uh, passed away in between season, in between book two and three of Avatar Last Airbender. And, That's um, right. <clears throat> and Baldwin, I'm so mad at myself. I can't think of his actual his his first name. His last name is Baldwin. I follow him on Twitter all the time. Um, uh, mm, that's annoying. Um, <laughs> dang it. Um, but no, yeah, he could, so he took over for Mako. Yeah, um, and he he's he's kind of been Mako's understudy throughout his whole career. It's really interesting voice wise. And so he um he uh, went in Legend Core he he does a voice for, for Iro. Um I just couldn't remember, but it felt like something changed, but you're I yeah, I'm a little embarrassed. I should have known that was between two and three. Uh I'll get my Iro quote out of the way really quick. At least it's the one I think of first. It's may, maybe not as best, but I love it. Is the uh we must or it's best to draw wisdom from many sources. And I don't remember exactly how it goes after that, but something like if you draw wisdom from only one source, it will become uh, it will become stale or stagnant, something akin to that. But usually it's just the first part that sticks in my memory forever and ever, and that is that it's best to draw wisdom from many sources. I'm going to go out on a limb and say that's very applicable to life right that's now. That's very applicable to life. Um, um, that's my one Iroh that I'll go ahead and get out of the way. Obviously there's a everything that comes out of the man's mouth is gold, but I'll try not to bring up any more of his stuff. Greg Baldwin, that's his name. Greg Baldwin, got it. Um, my next, my personal next thoughts would be to jump to sort of the the comedy, and I know that's just me personally, um, but like when in the desert, I don't know if it's the library uh, episode okay. or the desert episode, but I think it's the library episode, when they're flying and Toss like, there it is! <laughs> is what somebody will say when they spot it. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Uh, so the, yeah, so good. Um, Comedy-wise, 
to me, this is just like wordplay genius came boomy that let us leave comment. <laughs> just those two words. Let us leave. Uh, I I crack up every time at the subtlety of of, of that. Um, <laughs> not it's not comedy so much as it is really stupid. But a lot of times, if there's an awkward pause after something, uh, or talking to my wife or whatever, most people don't get it. You you would get it. My wife gets it. But if there's an awkward pause, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I just remembered the rest of the song," and. Uh, <laughs> It doesn't apply very often, but I love doing it. So that's up there for me. Um, gosh, I wish I had prepared this. I should have gained more repair because there, there's no, so many no, great. No, it's better to. Post. This is you get the more like organic <clears throat> responses this way. Yeah, that's true. What's Aang's? Um, like, get a little look to Aang. Yeah, I have to go, yeah, go by character. Um, Aang's my favorite quote for him probably comes when he's talking to Katara, um, and she's with Zuko. Mm-hmm. Uh, not in that way, guys. No. <laughs> she's <laughs> and uh, she's considering going to go kill the man who killed her father. And all the things that Aang says about like the specific line, he's trying to get her to forgive the murderer of her mother. And he says to her, "Oh no, Zuko says she wanted to do nothing." He says, "No, Zuko, it's easy to do nothing." It's hard to forgive. And that's such a, a great line. Um, and Katara, at the end of it, she came to her, her own. Not to forgive him, because that's realistic, that she wasn't be able to do that. Um, but she didn't do nothing, though. Mm-hmm. Which is... At least I don't think of it as doing nothing. If it is doing nothing, then it's, it's, the, it's the most nothing has ever done. It, well, if if it really is doing nothing, then you're probably not actually forgiveness, like pursuing forgiveness, right? Right. That's got to be some kind of mental exercise involved. There's very much something, even if the outward appearance may not demonstrate no. it. I'm not going to try to top that quote. That's amazing. I was trying to think of like, what does Aang say? I can't. <laughs> what do I come up with that's better than that? I got nothing on Aang. That's beautiful. Oh, jumped ahead for some reason. <laughs> um. um... And then, let's see. So for Katara, my favorite line of hers, favorite quote. Painted lady? Uh, yeah, but I mean, that's also my favorite moment. I wonder if there's anything where just the dialogue itself. That's is, true. Is the really... painted lady doesn't make sense without the episode as much, <clears throat> maybe. I want, I'm trying to think of what just line of dialogue Katara has that that I just absolutely love that. Oftentimes, my favorite quotes are are are, are uh, inspirational. <laughs> you know, I'm still just mostly because I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that applies. But I will stick with the painted lady quote. I'm not just gonna stand by. Uh, what I'm gonna yeah, I would never it. ever turn my back on people who need me. People, who, yeah. So you know, it makes more sense within the even episode. That, but in even general, that, it's even just those lines without her kind of yelling it at Sokka without the context behind everything. That line itself is, it's a really good line. It's, you know, it says so much about the character. It kind of fits in, in the Iroh quote from earlier too, helping yourself by yeah. helping others. And it kind of works for them in that regard as well. We'll stick. Yeah. I can't. And also I just can't think of anything else. Very sort of 
insightful. It sounds bad. The guitar, say something useful. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, I haven't given one for, for Toph yet. Uh, she has Toph. so many good. She Dave. has the. Yeah, she had her. Yeah, her, I, I won't lean on her for for inspiration with her quotes. Um, Not at all. Although, when uh, in whatever air temple, when Zuko comes to find them to train firebending, and she has the comment about uh, it's either I think you guys are the ones that are blind or something like that, and it's really there. There yeah. again, that's kind of an in the moment quote, maybe more so than a good standalone quote, but just a really deep, tough moment. Yeah, um, yeah. My my favorite top quotes are probably more more comedic, like the one you mentioned. That's my favorite. <laughs> that's, I love that. That's a great writing. That's yeah. That's that's it's my favorite. What top someone quote. will say when they spot it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, um. So your favorite soccer quote. Ah, uh, I, know I think my, my favorite Saku quote is also in in the the library episode where they're they're choosing where they're going to go next <laughs> and top. This is a, such a dumb quote. Uh, it's not dumb. It's dumb. That's my favorite Saku quote for now. If I could think of one. Um, <clears throat> anyway, Toph is like they're trying to figure out where they're going to go next because they really have no. They're just kind of going on vacation. And Toph says, "When do I get to choose where we go next?" And then he's like, "You got to work here a little bit longer to." To get vacation, and I love that quote because I just started entering the workforce like right around that time, and I understood the concept of it. It's a quote that goes probably completely over kids' heads. Uh, two things I'm thinking of now what about Toph's conversation with Iroh? Doesn't produce any memorable quotes really from Toph, but at the end, she has parting words, and I don't remember what they are, but she has like really nice parting words about like, hey, let him know that you need him too. And not just vice versa when she's talking to Iroh as she leaves. I always like that one. Uh, I'm just yeah, searching for anything insightful from Toph. <clears throat> it's kind of hard. Uh, Sokka, I don't know about favorite. I can think of least favorite. And that's that I, I do not like. I think it's very overrated. His little slam poetry session in front of the ladies. I've always mm. thought that was kind of dumb. I know. I'm probably in the minority. That's fine. Uh, favorite mm. Sokka quote. There's There's plenty of comedy to choose from uh goodness i i don't know about individual quotes like they're gonna keep kind of going to moments like when he's high on the cactus juice uh when he's high because he's sick when he's <laughs> soccer would you come down to earth once in a while um yeah. or Sock's would... definitely the uh the shaggy of, of the <laughs> yeah of the that group. fits beautifully even uh, thinking of another tough one that, because I was thinking about Sokka, but when she's like, all right, it's three on three. And he's like, I can fight. It's... All right. Three on three plus Sokka. Plus... <laughs> oh gosh. That's such, that's a good quote too from Toph. Can we do boomerang it, it, it hits, Sokka? Can we just it's Sokka so low. And, it, and it's a great misdirection. Yeah. The timing yeah, is really good quote. on her quote too. Uh, you know, for Sokka, I'll just I'll just settle for boomerang because he just says it twice. It's back to back. There's no words in in between it. I don't think he throws. It, he's like boomerang, <laughs> and then it hits him in the head and actually comes back. Uh, sparky, sparky, boom man in the head, and then it comes back. It's like boomerang. 
So it's the same word, but yeah. but uh, inflection. It's powerful. That's just all I can think of right now. Also, uh, real quick, a, a very subtle, uh, probably under underrated Ira quote. I just love the delivery by Greg Baldwin because I know his name. I remember his name. Didn't have to look it up. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, at the end of, they're talking uh, when he's with the White Lotus. And they're kind of doing their plan with Team Avatar. At the end there, before they leave, he says, destiny is on our side. I know it. Like, it's a... For some reason, that, that line delivery is just really good. I always like to interpret that kind of thing uh, as not really <clears throat> a believer in destiny, so to speak, myself. Is that that's Iroh, like, demonstrating control over his destiny, right? It's not the way that, like, a Zuko mm. season one would say it. It's more of a, I, I know it because I'm like, it's going to be by my own doing. And at least that's how it hits me. So yeah, I like that one. Uh, I, I can't help myself. I got to throw a comedy for Myro in, in season one when Zuko fights Xiao. And then on their way out, you know, he comments on Xiao being disrespectful or disgraceful and uh, Zuko being more honorable than him. And thanks for the tea. It was delicious. And they're walking out and Zuko's like, did you mean that? And he's like, of course. I love tea. Or I love whatever that kind of tea. I think it's a, yeah, jasmine tea. Maybe. Jasmine tea. <laughs> and Zuko, I think, if I don't, if I recall correctly, I think there's even like a real genuine looking smile from Zuko. Even ponytail Zuko. Ooh. He wasn't supposed to smile back then, but he does. He really does. There's a couple of things that's kind of out of character for early Zuko, like this one point where um, in the pirate episode, which I don't love that episode, uh, where the pirate ships get stolen by somebody, and uh, he points at them and just laughs. Like, ha ha. And it's weird. Because <laughs> Zuko doesn't like you laugh. Your own ship much. has set sail. Damn it, that's another yeah. Iroh one. Oh, that's good. Uncle, we don't have time for your proverbs. No, your ship is safe. <laughs> there again, in, maybe, in context maybe of the episode. Maybe it should be a proverb. In the context of the episode, just the just Zuko, the quote from Zuko saying, Uncle, we don't have time for your proverbs. Just because <laughs> of the irony. But I know that's not a good answer. What does Zuko say that's insightful and deep? Oh, I got a couple for Zuko. Oh, uh, did, well, who, who well, am I uh, skipping? Who did we skip past? Or did I? Uh, no, that's we're pretty much on Zuko. I think. I think um, we, this isn't. We didn't come up with a good, satisfying answer for Sokka. I think is the what's hanging up on our heads. But I, I don't really have anything for Sokka that's not just kind of basic pun play. I mean, there's some great character moments, but uh, a, a line of dialogue, a quote. Uh, I can't. I can't really think of anything beyond comedic ones. I wish I could think of something from uh, uh, from the episode where he trains with Piandao because I love that episode and I know there's there's got to be that's something a, in there. No, that that's good. Cool. When when Piandao is saying like, "Oh, I'm sure you're like the 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 best fighter in your village," and stuff, and he's like, he humbles himself. He's like, um, "You know, I am. I don't. I don't feel worthy." And, um, it's pretty much things like that. Um, there's a there's a good quote in there. I can't say it. Something at least uh, that's serious exactly. and very meaningful in a character development in a human way. So we'll give it to whatever. Yeah, whatever that moment is. That's just such a good soccer episode. I 
any excuse to bring it up. Okay, my apologies yeah. for derailing, but uh, Zuko, <clears throat> if you got something. Okay. Uh, I have a couple for Zuko because I think they're great. Oh, man. So the one I'm going to go with, that's my favorite Zuko quote because it's so applicable to to me as a, as a citizen of, of the United States of America um, growing up in public school. <laughs> um, you know, Zuko, he's confronting his father. He's saying, like, you know, we were taught growing up that the Fire Nation was the greatest uh, country in the world. And, our, and the war was our, our way of, of sharing our greatness with the world. Like, what an incredible lie that was. Um, and I feel like this is a quote that, that hits me because you do grow up thinking, like, you're going to say, number one, like, everybody sucks except for us. I mean, we don't, I don't think that, but, um, but you, you, you have in this head this, this false, this, this unearned exceptionalism, <laughs> right? That the United States is the greatest country. Like, I was only until recently, I think for myself, that I stopped thinking that way. Recently, as in, like, in the past, for oh gosh <laughs> is it is it fair to say that like college that college at least kind of no, turns wasn't, that switch it wasn't on college. in your head it, honestly it was i i remember having this mindset for a while like honestly it was probably like five years ago probably maybe six years i won't blame trump for that because at first i said four years and in my head i'm lying up what happened in the last four years um but honestly, it was even before that thing that i started thinking about like which sounds very juvenile for me around a 32 year old person and, and not just in the past topic to swallow. Seven, seven years i'm coming to the terms of that like man, united states we're not the best even though for long i mean i've always known about our past atrocities and everything um and and i've fully well not fully but i try to educate myself much as much about that but really what I, what i was thinking about what makes America great was like our, our diversity, our um, our ideals and, and things like that, our, our democracy, our, our freedom. But then if you really <laughs> compare us to other state, other countries, we're kind of the lowest in all, well, not the lowest, but we're not, we're not necessarily the highest in those things. Like other, we didn't invent democracy. In fact, our democracy... I was looking at like lists of countries and, and how democratic ours actually is compared to others. And we're not even in a top 15 <laughs> of, of countries, right? Because I mean, when we you know, when we vote for a president, it's not really our vote. It's not a one person, one vote type of deal. Um, and, and other things, right? And if you look at the way the Senate is made up, every single state has two senators, even if you're Texas compared to Hawaii, they each have two senators. Like that doesn't, <laughs> making sense there's the one, for, there's no one to may, one ratio in a true yeah. democratic it's a republic more than a democracy almost oh uh, yeah um, um it's funny that to like bring daniel tosh into this but we've talked about the joke before yeah, where yeah, he's yeah, like yeah. he'd be like we're number eight and everybody else would be like that's respectable yeah hey y'all i'm fine with top top five or top five i'm cool with top five. One, yeah it's like that's um, that's but number one, but but that's one of the things that you you because you, you have to those things are ingrained 
in you, right? You wake up every morning, you say a pledge of allegiance to the flag, you have a textbook, which is completely from the perspective of, of your country. You fought in this war, you, you did this, you did this, you did this. Do you even, I don't remember learning about like controversial worlds like the Vietnam War or, or anything like that where, you, where we felt like, oh, hey, maybe that wasn't the, maybe we weren't uh, that exceptional in that. It wasn't until like college that that, uh, that my teacher was like showing us, giving us assignments like, hey, you remember the opium crisis in this one country? That was directly by the United States, like purposely done by the United States to to uh, weaken whatever country that they were going into. I think um, I'm not trying to sound enlightened or anything because I was as dumb a college kid as anybody, but I did, I was a um, I had a Spanish major and then also like a, I don't know what you call it, like a focus or a concentration or whatever in geography. And so college is certainly the first time I can recall even vaguely thinking that you know, I was not a well-traveled person before college, still not yeah. a well-traveled, but at least college doing the right thing of like opening the doors, like, oh yeah, other countries don't all like live with this inferiority complex being <laughs> over there. Like, man, I wish I was America. <laughs> That's not how it works. And I think that's probably directly attributed to the, to those specific studies, getting geography, a lot of geography centric and, and studying Spanish but, language and literature. Which, so also, I just want to say like calling out your country for, for its shortcomings, for its failures is important, right? You, you can't be brainwashed into just putting your blinders on and thinking like, no, we're, we're great at everything. Like that's not how you become better, right? Like if if you had a child, and that child was was a bully, you know, but no, my kid is great, my kid's great. No, your child's gonna continue to grow to be a bully. Uh, don't get person. me wrong, shitty parents do that all the time, but you shouldn't. <laughs> yeah. Um. Yeah, and blind, blind loyalty to anything. Is, yeah. Is a, well, a uh, wise man once said, "It's uh, best to draw our wisdom from many places." Chris, I'm allowed yes. to use the same quote twice. That's allowed. Um, and then other quotes I love from Zuko is uh, when he confronts um, confronts Ozai when uh, when he's like uh, Ozai is like pretty much Zuko's just confronting him like you my father challenged me a 12 year old boy to an Agni Kai what you did was cruel and then just I just love when a character just talking about their their past baggage and emotion and bringing it up um, and 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 putting and kind of uh, going against whoever that person was that that caused that um i I knew you'd come through with some Zuko stuff that I basically ignored on accident. I do want to make sure we preserve plenty of time for the next question because it's also kind of a heavy hitter. We had two like heavy, heavy podcast episodes, and it gets worse. Now, uh, is there any uh, like open the floor to all other characters? Just memorable stuff you want to um, John John has some great quotes. Oh yeah, really great quotes. Just that whole episode About, is like a uh, series of potentially dangerous sounding proverbs. Uh, Monkeyatsu's quotes to Aang about the Airbender's love. That's a that's some amazing writing there. Really amazing writing. It's like the 
you know, you've, you've had sadness, you have loss, um, but, you know, the love that airbenders have for you didn't go away to transform into new love. Uh, great, great freaking line. What's that guy's name? I can't even think of it. He's just Mon- the guru Mon- to me. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry, not Monk Yatsa. Why did I say Monk Yatsa? The guru. Guru Wait, he has, we hear Patik. Yeah. Yeah, okay. Did you say that and I just wasn't listening to you? No, I didn't. I accidentally said Monk Yatsu, which I'm pretty sure someone was ready to type away. In a... that, but, right <laughs> in the live stream that I forgot to launch today. <laughs> uh, it, we... We didn't do anything from Cora, but that's, you know, we got to let, let me get through Cora so I can participate for that one. But Barry, thanks again that's for true. the donation. Uh, really grateful. Again, all those go to went to harvesters, which uh, times of the most intense need right now. So that's excellent. Yeah. And thanks for submitting the topic and just your general pers- participation. Um, same thing for I'm going to call him. I ruin his name every time. So I'm just going to own it from the start. He said in one of his posts to us that we could just call him Hub. Because people that didn't know how to say his name would call him Hub. So I'm going to stick with that one. Uh, thanks to you as well for submitting the topic. Uh, very big topic. Very asking us the tough questions here. I like that. And also oh, for yeah. donating to Harvesters. I had to summarize quite a bit, but this is kind of what it boiled down to was um, if bending existed in the real world, first of all, would racism still exist? Uh, second of all, if presumably it does, how does that look and feel? Is it going to be about the bending? Is skin color still going to be the biggest factor? Uh, how is that going to behave? And when we say real world, I do think personally I'm going to take that to America specifically. I, I'm not comfortable speaking about racism outside of America. I presume it parallels what happens in America personally. Dangerous presumption maybe, but I doubt it. Um, it's This is a short answer, but I'll, I'll dig more deep in, into it. But maybe things would change at all. Like my, my short answer. And I hope it leads, uh, I hope it helps like kick you along into your thought process. <laughs> but I like been thinking about this since I typed it in here and racism usually stems from whoever, ha- not from, not like they cause it, but there's like a, like a power difference. Uh, you know, whatever yeah. group has power and, and opportunism or whatever. And that's what kind of tends to create a divide that causes racism. And so I would say that as long as there's differences between human and the quote that Hub offered was like, if everybody was the same skin color, uh, we'd be racism. Uh, we'd be racist to uh, based on eye color. And I, uh, I personally fully believe that, um, that whatever, the, like, whatever division you... of power to not power sort of exists, and power might be the wrong word, but like general yeah. influence and money and, and, and opportunity. If that exists, then I think racism exists in all of these forms, whether it's skin color and bending and, and money and all the other things, just like it does today. It would just be one more I mean, thing. Yeah. The, uh, the, the cousin to racism is classism. And that would yeah. always be a, a thing. Um, they they kind of go hand in hand. Uh, you know, and my um, apologies, yeah, the... I, I say racism, and uh, I should probably have to distinguish from time to time that some, it, we say racism based on race, and there's other times <laughs> where I should probably be saying discrimination as opposed to, you know, yeah. like a bending isn't a race necessarily. But it, apologies for using them interchangeably. Um, humans want to belong, and in that, 
belonging, going to belong to, to groups, to tribes. Like it's in it's in our DNA, right? And it's in our best self interest to. You know, this goes back to caveman days. It's our best interest to huddle to being groups. And, and so being those groups, you, you put people in boxes and, and stuff. And yeah, so that, you know, and then you do, you form this us against them mentality. And uh, that's going to happen no matter what. Um, when it comes to bending, if bending was in the real world throughout all its history, I mean, I've wondered about, I've, I've thought about this oftentimes. Like, what if the avatar was real? Like, what would the avatar do if, <laughs> if 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 the avatar was in the real world and English people were going to Africa and stealing people and taking them to another place, what would the avatar do? Um, I mean, the avatar would intervene in that. So I won't I won't I won't ask this question if, if the avatar was real because that that would alter history. Um, which to me, bending wouldn't necessarily alter history. Like I'm sure slavery would have still happened. Um, like, sure, you can, um, because if, if you think about, relative speaking, one bender versus another bender, that's an equal fight relative to me versus another person. And so the bending didn't change me having bending in one scenario versus not having bending in another scenario because that same person, has, that didn't change much. But what's constant probably... is... You could probably make a case that bending could exacerbate it because if you think about bending and everything having an inherent uh, weakness, right, it could create situations in which there was sort of an inherent physical weakness to another group of humans, like a legitimate. So not those people are less valuable, but they are far less equipped to combat in any Like, I don't know if I'm making any sense here. But I mean, I just, I just, for some reason, I just have trouble thinking that because, I mean, there, there are... You know, certain locations and, and, you know, slaves outnumbered the slave masters 10 to 1, 21, whatever to 1. And they didn't, and they rarely revolted. They did, there was, you know, a lot of times at times that, that slaves did revolt. Um, but there's a, a power thing with that that has nothing to do with the physical um, availability that they had. You know, they could overthrow them at some point, but there's there's just so many barriers to that that in a weird way I don't think it I don't think bending would change uh, that much in, in the real world. I had fun, not fun. I I enjoyed the mental <laughs> exercise of thinking about uh, if everybody in the real world or the Avatar world, if everybody was a bender as opposed to as opposed to a split. And how that might oh, okay. change things, um, it, again in the real world or in the Avatar universe. And I think the only thing that changes is that you're like just sort of increasing uh, the divide between uh, between types of benders or between uh, countries. I don't do they call themselves countries mm. between kingdoms. Uh, That's what I'm looking for. Nations. nations between nations. Yes, thank you. I think that it would just strengthen a divide of sort of. Uh, ethical or ethnic inequality between nations or ethnic discrimination between nations. Now there's one thing. So there's, there's a, a book that I read called the children of blood and bone. It's very avatar is ish, ish. Um, the creator of it 
like she'll she'll say like yeah avatar was a huge influence on me in this story there's a group of people one day they're all black pretty much they're all black um it's a it's a fantasy story there's a group of people called orishans who who had magical powers different types of powers it was earth fire air death stuff like that and the king who was in charge started to like outlaw the use of magic and, and eventually he found a way to make magic leave the world and you know they they uh would also round up magic users and kill them and stuff um and that's not far-fetched from what something could happen and these are and these are people who all have the same actually they don't all have the same skin tone uh, the magic users are are more have a darker complexion what was the i believe what was the, the name book is called um the children of blood and bone there's a series of books i think there's like three books total i've only read the first one um the i think the the best way to answer this question in my mind still is to like yeah humans will find a way to hate each other and it'll be based <laughs> on and again i keep calling it power but it's whatever you want to call that combination of just kind of influence and opportunity uh, in situation whatever it is that divides people we find ways to exacerbate it uh, and probably inherently to some extent as you mentioned uh, some innate behaviors then exacerbated in bad ways so I certainly think so and Hub uh, alluded to that again with his quote about eye color I think hits the hits the nail on the head of even if everything else is equal like we'd find something we'd find the next thing but yeah uh, I mean, uh, to to sub question, would it be more about bending, um, or still linked to skin color or something else? I think, It'll... I think if we had bending because it's such an uh, an immense ability, I guess I think it would sort of take precedence, and I I could see the racism stemming from there first. You know, I don't think that it would eradicate anything related to class or skin color, uh, but I could see bending being a heavier source. Um, and I keep thinking of like X-Men in an X-Men kind of way. Um, mm, okay. You know, racism probably still exists in the Marvel universe, but I, it seems logical to me that the, that the mutant issues would sort of be on the forefront, at least publicly. Now that's, and that would be a little different because with, with, uh, with X-Men, right? Like powers kind of popped up out of nowhere. Right with bending, it's like well, this has been around for years. Like we're all used to bending. Um, and I feel like mutation was just like relatively started peaking in in whatever past years. Like mutants started to become far more um, out there, far more uh, noteworthy. But it, yeah, that's a. Uh, in my opinion. It would be probably more so about skin color. Maybe I'm biased because I'm, black and I'm like, there's nothing, <laughs> nothing going to get be... these people off me. <laughs> uh, just thinking of things that like, I don't, it's it seems it's hard to imagine because magic and, and bending and such don't exist uh, in life as we know it at the moment. Um, but it just feels like if that were a, a sort of source of any sort of gain. In, in wartime or, or personally or professionally or anything that that would become the source. But there again, if we're talking about having 
existed for all time, like, uh, uh, or at least as long as skin color variations have existed, then yeah, maybe it really is a different question. Maybe it still is about skin color or yeah. just situation or. If I had to guess, honestly, not guess, because I'm not to guess if this is a hot tub. This, this is a guess, um, this but, whole conversation. <laughs> um, you know, the, the way, bending is a physical thing, right? I can, you can kind of measure bending, right? I can make this fire this big. Or, or you can measure big, it in anime-like power levels. Yeah. I can I can lift this rock from here to here. I'm, I'm this strong. Um, and... I mean, in, in slave days, you know, they, you know, they, they would, they would inspect, strip them down, inspect slaves, look at them, see how strong they are. And to me, they, they would kind of do the same to bending, like, oh, look at this one. He can lift a, a rock 10 feet. Yeah, that would really help with your farm gym or whatever. Um, and then probably the non-benders would probably be, um, well, now I'm thinking of story elements here non-benders probably be, you know, house slaves. And then they probably have non-benders would have it horrible. Like what would they, I mean, the, the... Oh, I mean, those, I mean, that's, <laughs> those are just the poor white people. And, 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 uh, you know, there's plenty of, when, you know, in the South when, when slavery was, and, but they still fall in the civil war, even though the civil war didn't help out poor, <laughs> even uh, necessarily. But so I think about like just the 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 tangible gift of bending being more exacerbated than just human strength or being like magnified. It seems like it would be a bigger deal to me. But then again, as 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 you've mentioned or as we've talked about, situation and history, a long long course of history obviously dictated a lot. So it could be odd. Yeah. I just want to go watch X Men now. You know what? No, I just want to go watch the first two X Men. And also First Class and Days of Future Past. Yeah. Yeah, those four. Um, um, hub, but, uh, I hope I didn't. No, I do, I do often think about just like, like I, I have a weird mentality oftentimes. I'm just like, man, what if, and, and I probably think this too often, like what if superheroes are real? Like the one superhero that I wish was real, which is probably going to surprise people uh, because I'm a huge Batman fan. Uh, I mean, you, you see a whole freaking shrine to Batman way back there. The Batmantle, I think, is what I'm yeah, going. The Batmantle. But the one superhero who I wish was real um, is, is Wonder Woman, because Wonder Woman is like she is strong, she is you know, uh, brave. But one, of the, the most notable thing about her is that she is she has a, a sense of truth and justice that um, she will seek it uh, with, with nothing getting in her way. And, I mean, the lasso of truth is probably the most powerful weapon because it's, it's not a weapon. It's, it is a tool because the truth is, is uh, truth changes everything. Like what if, you know, if one woman existed <laughs> and I don't know how I got on this topic, like she would, I don't. She I don't care. Bring... Again, I like where this is going. <laughs> if Wonder Woman was, just a, you know, she would be a beacon of of hope and, and strength because she would demand 
know, politicians or whoever to to speak the truth. You know, the lasso <laughs> truth will compel so them. Let's say if she got to lasso, I don't know, one <laughs> maybe one politician forced him to say things that were true and accurate. Yeah. Um, but she's she's just a, she's such a kind of aspirational character, and she's a great combination of Superman and Batman. Right, like she she's not like she doesn't have rules. She doesn't mind killing, but also she she has this great quote, which back to quotes. One of my favorite quotes of anything ever I think written down, probably because it's so applicable to like police brutality and things like that. Um and uh excessive use of force is she has a quote of uh, I wish I could find it. because uh, because I'm going to mess it up. Um, let me look for it real quick, because I don't want to mess it up. Uh, I thought I saved it somewhere. Um, pretty sure I made a screenshot of it. Wait, you're looking for that? I'm just going to go out on a limb here and say to Hub that I hope I only uh, butchered <laughs> the question that you asked as much as I've probably <laughs> butchered your name. Sorry for both. Superhero that I think, what if a superhero could be real? You know, it's easy from like a like a functional standpoint to yeah, I like your I like your Wonder Woman answer a ton, or or functionally speaking, just a a Superman or somebody that could really like like max good out of the abilities that they have. Uh, but it's hard to dispute your Wonder Woman answer in in the current climate. Uh, no offense, Batman. You're more of a local guy, and that's fine. You know what? I, I don't. I, I don't like oceans. So maybe if Aquaman existed and he was a good guy, I wouldn't be so scared of cruises. <laughs> I love Aquaman. I feel like watching Jason Momoa's Aquaman because um, it's really. I, I just I, I, Heather liked it quite a bit, which. I mean, it didn't surprise me because he's an attractive human. Oh, yeah, here is the quote. I got it. Warm on it. It says, we have a saying in my people, don't kill if you can wound, don't wound if you can subdue, don't subdue if you can pacify, and don't raise your hand at all until you first extended it. That quote right there. That hits pretty deep. That should be a like on on the locker rooms of anybody involved with a job that involves a certain amount of force. That should be like what the sign that they hit on the way out the door, like the Notre Dame <laughs> sign that they tap on the way out the door. But like, it's that to me, it's that standing the hand part first, right? Like we have to me, I always think about issues and how to solve them, and oftentimes I feel like society is more worried about the what a person did not the why they did it. Um, you know, why does a person rob a bank, right? Well, because that person felt like they didn't have enough money. Why did they have enough money? Well, because they weren't given some opportunities. Why weren't they given these opportunities? Because of this. Okay, well, let's fix that. And that that's the hand that stands out. Um, and then that fits this, this long line of, of, of things. Right? You don't even get to the situation where you have to kill someone. I think what I like about that quote best is probably that it's not an accusation, it's it's, it's a solution. 
it's not a not a finger pointing or anything like that. It's a it's a go forward. Yeah. But uh, yeah. Don't know how we started about Wonder Woman. I just have a lot of Wonder Woman on my mind lately. I haven't watched it yet, but I will. Um, yeah, probably this That's weekend. Okay. Even probably this weekend. I figured out that uh, I I I don't think I'm gonna like this uh, this whole release movies at a at home thing because the movie theater can be distracting, but not nearly as distracting as uh, kids or or <laughs> or anything like that. Like no mo- dog movie that is, has to go to the bathroom or anything like that. Yeah. The movie theater is an escape from from the world around you, right? You get just engulfed in the world that you're you're watching in front of you and uh that doesn't happen with (laughs) when you're at home you're still in that world especially you know i don't know i'm one of those people like i'm not upset at people for bringing their kids to the movies but i know well enough to know that chris when you go to a i'm going to call it a you movie versus a your kids movie like your kids probably don't go with you to you movies that's like chris time and so then it's a true release. Like you don't even have to be paying attention to the kids or anything. It's just like Chris oh, yeah. and the movie, and that's all there is. You can bring yeah. your kids to movies. Please make them be polite, if possible. I'm not gonna tell people what they can't do. Um, that, that's all I got on on racism in in bending personally. Hub, thanks again. I appreciate it. Barry, thanks again. I appreciate it. As cool fundraiser, I'll think of something fun for this year. But hopefully it's not locked inside by necessity. Uh, but I appreciate you guys, and we appreciate just your constant discussion with us too. Um, it makes it something we really enjoy and look forward to is is talking to you guys about this stuff. So thank you, and thanks, Chris, for bringing up the topics idea. It's a good time for it in between seasons. In the meantime, I think that we have probably said our piece on fan topics for today. I don't know for sure that we'll jump right back into. I don't want to speak over top of both of us. We just haven't we haven't discussed it yet if we're going to jump into season two or if we're going to fill out a you know like a top and bottom five or whatever. A little tougher with this season being twelve episodes long, but we will we will discuss whether or not it's time to jump right into season two. In the meantime, uh, thanks for watching, Chris. Nice talking to you. Nice to see you, and we will see you next time on avatar the last podcasters don't forget to visit us on instagram and twitter at last underscore podcasters or facebook.com slash last podcasters no slash avatar the last podcasters on facebook yeah that sounds right all right thank you guys thank you chris and we will see you next time